Welcome to the Happy Sober Podcast. Helping people get back in control of their life, happiness, peace, and purpose, and all without a drop of alcohol. For more information and to book your place on our next free quit drinking webinar, visit www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Beck. Hi there, this is Craig Beck from StopDrinkingExpert.com. Uh, welcome into this episode. Uh, I'm just back from Chicago, literally one day back from Quit Drinking Boot Camp Chicago. What an amazing city. What an amazing boot camp. One of the best yet. And if you're in Europe and you're currently worried about your drinking, you want to do something about it, uh, you don't want to go to rehab or this big, long, protracted series of group therapy sessions, you really can deal with this in one amazing day. Next boot camp is Dublin. It is going to be on the 7th of September 2019. It's the first time ever uh, that I've taken the boot camp to Ireland. So I'd love you to come along. If you want details, go to the website right now, stopdrinkingexpert.com and reserve your place for Dublin Quit Drinking Boot Camp. After that, it's London and then New York. And then that's it for this year. All right. So get your place sorted now. Today, I want to talk about why giving up alcohol has got nothing to do with willpower. And I also want to talk about the stigma uh, around alcohol problems as well, because I've noticed this when people come to boot camp, the day starts off a little bit quieter than it finishes because people turn up to this venue with strangers they've never met before. You know, a lot of people have traveled thousands of miles to be there. And the last thing they want to be doing on their Saturday is spending the day talking about something that's making them miserable, that's causing them pain, and something that's often making people feel ashamed. Because it seems entirely logical that you should be able to deal with this on your own. I mean, these are all intelligent, grown-up individuals who are successful in other areas of their lives. Generally, they're family people. They have children. They have relationships. And yet, here's this thing in their life that's making them miserable, that their friends and family have started to notice, and they just can't deal with it. They keep trying to moderate their drinking and failing. They try to go cold turkey and quit drinking, and they fail. They try to create silly rules around their drinking. They say things like, well, I'll only drink beer and not wine, or I'll only drink at the weekend, not during the week, or I'll only drink on special occasions, and so on and so on. All these silly rules. And they don't work. And when someone has failed that many times to deal with the problem, they start to point the finger of blame at themselves. They start saying, well, maybe I'm just a really terrible, weak-willed individual. I'm so ashamed that I'm, I'm pathetic that I, I can't deal with this. And I want to make this really clear. People who get addicted to alcohol should not be seen as freaks or weirdos or weak-willed individuals. Because that implies that the people who can drink a highly addictive, addictive drug and not get addicted are normal. Actually, if you think about it, it's the other way around. The people who can drink a highly addictive substance, and alcohol is, it's the second most addictive substance on planet Earth, just behind heroin. For those people to drink that and not get into a problem with it, they should be seen as the weirdos because that's not a logical outcome, is it? 
the logical conclusion of the habitual use of a highly addictive substance is that you get addicted. It's a bit like jumping into a swimming pool leads to the logical outcome of getting wet. But you wouldn't say that people who jumped into the swimming pool and couldn't stay dry were weirdos or weak-willed or freaks, would you? But that's what we're doing with alcohol. We're building up all this stigma and nonsense that anyone who can't control their drinking is somehow broken, is somehow less of a person than an individual who appears to be able to just have one drink and then leave it. So, first of all, let's get rid of this stigma. You know, this is a very powerful substance. It kills three million people every year around the world. It brings misery into the lives of billions of people around the world. And just because it's legal, and just because the marketing is allowed to say anything it wants, it is not a harmless social pleasantry. It is a very dangerous and deadly and clever drug. So, if you're currently worried about your drinking and you're feeling any level of shame or embarrassment, I encourage you to stop that right now. Now, let's talk about willpower here, because all these people who end up at my boot camp have tried many, many, many times to cut down or stop drinking on their own. Why did they fail every single time? And the answer is always the same, willpower. And the reason willpower doesn't work against alcohol is this. There are two sections of this addiction. There is the physical addiction to the drug. That's what I call the kick. And then there's the psychological addiction to the drug. So the physical addiction lasts about two weeks. So if you drink alcohol and then you stop and you don't drink anymore for two weeks, maybe a little bit more, you will have no pressure on you from the drug. Alcohol is no longer putting pressure on you to drink. It's out of your system. So if you think, well, why do I still want to drink? It is purely down to these anchors that you have created in your subconscious mind. Now, you know, Ivan Pavlov and his experiments with his dogs. He would feed his dogs and ring a bell, feed his dogs, ring a bell, feed his dogs, ring a bell. And eventually he discovered that he could get rid of the food, ring the bell and get the same response out of the dogs. They would salivate and expect to be fed. That's the kind of well-known story around Pavlov. And that's what's happened inside the brain of a drinker. You've anchored yourself to alcohol in so many situations that it has become automatic. You feel stressed, you drink. And it's, you know, you've done this so many times, it's now been stored as a program in your brain, a physical piece of meat inside your head. You feel socially anxious at a party, you drink. And you do that so many times, that becomes a program as well. You have a bad day at work, you come home, what do you do? You drink another program. So you've got all these programs in your head that are firing off automatically at various times of the day. And just like Pavlov's dogs, you don't get any choice as to whether they happen or they don't. You don't get any choice as to whether you respond to them or not. It happens automatically. Just the same way as you don't get any choice over the speed at which your heart beats. This is because your subconscious mind doesn't ask your opinion. It just runs programs.
Okay? Now, when you wake up in the morning and you're full of guilt and regret and you've got that hangover and you're like, oh, I can't believe I drank again last night. And you say that, <laughs> that profound and powerful sentence, I'm never drinking again. When you say that, that is a, a verbalization of your conscious mind. You are consciously deciding to not drink again. Now, here's why willpower doesn't work. Here's the problem. Your subconscious mind is infinitely larger than your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is pathetic, can do one or two things at a time. That's it, maximum. And the example I always give around this is, you remember when you were a kid and somebody challenged you to pat your head and rub your belly at the same time and you couldn't do it? Or you could, but it was really clunky and slow. That's because there is no program in your subconscious mind for that activity. Why would there be? You don't need to do it. And because there's no program, you have to do it consciously. And because your conscious mind is so pathetic, it can only do one or two things at a time. It looks really awkward and clunky. Now, your conscious mind is processing data about 20 bits per second. Pretty slow. The comparison to your subconscious mind is this. Your subconscious mind is processing data at 20 million bits per second. Now, your drinking problem is in the subconscious mind. Your decision to stop drinking is in the conscious mind. You are using a completely ineffective tool for the job. You have no chance Virtually no chance of being successful here. You're using something extremely weak to try and beat something extremely powerful. So if you're like many people who come to one of my boot camps, if you've tried to quit drinking many times and you just keep failing over and over and over again, what I'm here to tell you today is you have been repeatedly taking a knife to a gunfight. You never had a hope in hell of doing it your way. And so what I want you to do first off is stop beating yourself up and calling yourself names and giving yourself a kicking because you failed to do it. Stop telling yourself you're a terrible, broken, weak person because you can't control your drinking. You're using the wrong tool for the job. So that's the most important thing. There's nothing wrong with you. Now, the second story about Ivan Pavlov and his dogs, the one that people don't hear about, is that Pavlov continued his experiments. And he, what he did was he, he stopped ringing the bell for a few months to see what would happen and then started again. And you know what happened? The dogs no longer responded to the bell. That program had faded away through lack of use. Now, that's really powerful for us problem drinkers to understand, because what that means is all these programs that we have placed in our head around drinking over the years will vanish if we stop activating them. And that's what we do on boot camp and in the online course as well. That's what I show you. I show you how to stop these programs running. And if you can stop them running long enough, 
then you no longer get cravings to drink. You know, you come home from work after a stressful day and everything is the same, except you don't get that desire to open a bottle of beer or pour a glass of wine. It fades away and suddenly you don't have to use willpower and you're no longer using the wrong tool for the job. And suddenly, remarkably, it becomes easy to quit drinking. It's so powerful. And hardly anyone uses this approach. Hardly anyone. So look, um, if that sounds interesting, if you think it makes sense, Craig, and I hope it does, come to boot camp. <laughs> Tell your friends, come to boot camp. Let's get the message out there. Let's stop three million people every year dying because of this nasty, insidious, narcissistic drug. You can get the details of boot camp at the website subdrinkingexpert.com. Uh, if you can't come to boot camp, at least come to today's free quit drinking webinar. Details are also there as well. Stopdrinkingexpert.com. Thank you so much for being with me today. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, post some questions, and I will try my best to get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you very much. Quit drinking boot camp, Dublin. You really can deal with problem drinking in one amazing day. Places are very limited. Book now at stopdrinkingexpert.com.